this is Dustin on behalf of Zach, Alex, and JP from the Retro Game Guys. Like you, we are disturbed by the senseless murder of George Floyd and the deeply rooted injustices that face the black community. Our system needs to change, and we stand with those who are advocating for meaningful, lasting change, not just words. To do our part, we have made individual donations to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, the Human Rights Watch, the Marshall Project, and the ACLU. We are proud to support these groups who are fighting racism in our communities and around the world. We are also taking advantage of our employers' programs that will match our donations 100%. Black Lives Matter, and we will continue to recognize our personal responsibility to serve as examples to our family, friends, neighbors, and you. The following Life Force episode was recorded on May 29th, 2020. We hope that it provides you with some entertainment in these troubling times. We love you, and thanks for listening. Hey friends, welcome to the Retro Game Guys podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and I'm joined by my three good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. Rock and roll. The obsessive collector, JP. Collect them all. And the infrequent gamer, Alex. That's me. All right. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Glad you can make it over the uh, virtual call again as we're still going through the shelter in place. Before we dive into this month's game, let's start with a few updates from Zach. All right, let's do it. Well, first, we wanted to recognize a few listeners who recently binge listened to every Retro Game Guys episode. That is over 45 hours of listening to our winning personalities. Who who would do that? Do we have, is it, are they okay? (laughs) I was thinking, you know, uh, it's less winning personalities and more like whining personalities. (laughs) Actually. Mostly nice. Dustin, though. Hey, uh, hey, so, hey. So, oh, and this uh, this episode's not going to be much better, so I'm going to try to tone it down. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, I'm actually going to join you in that whining this episode because it's, it's a shoot-em-up, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so thank you at jcast6502, at Henny Fama, and at Chorizo Nino. Man, I like <laughs> it. Chorizo. Oh, Chorizo, yum. <laughs> so good. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And uh, to all our listeners, if you have survived every episode, like Dustin said, uh, let us know. We'd love to give you a shout out in a future episode. Totally. So moving on to other updates. On uh, May 20th, Nintendo released the latest round of NES games for their Switch online service. And included was a game that we covered in episode one of this season. You guys remember it. It's the action adventure classic, Rygar. Ah, awesome. That's very yes. cool. Um, if you haven't already, check out that episode where we break down the arcade and NES versions of Rygar. And we listened to the difference in music between the U.S. and Japanese console releases. You guys probably remember it was very, very different between those two releases. Uh, music is so yeah. good. Yep, yep. And uh, recently, guys, I discovered that in that episode, Dustin makes a reference to a, a certain 80s TV show called Quantum Leap. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So now we finally know, well, at least I think that's why, at Andy VGR asked us that question in our recent Q&A episode yeah zach you pointed that that out to me and i was like i completely forgot about making that reference i listened back to the episode i was like oh my gosh that's so random but that also made me think about the fact 
when we I went through and I, you know, as the host of the episode, I asked you all to run through your memories and quantum leap things for for this. And I I never actually said anything myself about quantum leap. So very quickly. No. Oh. You guys all had you know, oh, Alex too late. moving on. Alex fan moving on. <laughs> oh, real quick. That's old news. I like I like Quantum Leap, but I was more of a fan. I always love time traveling shows. I love or or you know in, in those kind of realm. I like Sliders more than Quantum Leap, though. I'll say yeah. that. Sliders. I was, dude, I was thinking Sliders what? too. I love that show. Never seen yeah. Jerry McConnell. Was good. Yeah, dude, and uh, oh, what's no. his name from what's his name from uh, Indiana Jones is in that movie too. So uh, hmm. uh, good, good show. Finally, a great show too. But uh, that was my preference. So I watched Sliders. a bit of I watched a bit of it, but uh, I was more of a that reminds me of hamburgers. I could use a hamburger. Right now. <laughs> uh, any, anyway, uh, lastly, for me, as we said in our previous episode, thank you to everyone who's listening while providing essential services to us all: uh, first responders, healthcare workers, drivers, grocery crews. You know who you are. Uh, the guys and I so appreciate what you're doing to help us all through this trying time. And we hope that we can add a laugh to your day. So thank and, you very much again. Yeah. Here, and here. everyone continuing to wear masks and washing their hands and doing the yes, social distancing. Please, please continue yes, to People do that. caring about other people's health. That's what it's about. Yeah. Who knew? By the way, speaking of drivers, I've been swapping messages with listener Nathan W. from the UK. My brother? No, I don't think so unless he moved to the UK. Oh, well, shoot, maybe I need to text him. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know, right? He's taking social distancing a little bit too far. <laughs> right? uh, all the way, all the way across the pond. Uh, well, this Nathan W., uh, he listens to our podcast while working in his excavator. Nice. Mm. Dig that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> There's got to be one dad joke yeah. in this part. There will be more. There will be more. I'm sure there will be. Well, anyway, <laughs> if you listen to our podcast in an interesting place. Like the back uh, of a please... Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> that's an uncomfortable place oh right right uh, sorry got yeah that yeah uh well yeah well please let us know we'd love to hear <laughs> where you listen to our podcast uh and by the way nathan is also uh, starting up his own podcast and we uh, wish him luck so nathan, absolutely let us know how you do and those are my updates awesome yep good luck nathan and thank you zach uh, just one quick note here from me to wrap up our updates and recognize a couple of countries showing our podcast from love from around the world. So welcome to those of you listening in from Oman and the Philippines. Greetings, mm. and I hope you've been enjoying our All little right. corner of retro gaming fun. Kind of cool. little couple of countries I've never seen in our stats yeah. before. Really cool to, to be reaching those areas. Oman. Right in the east, yeah. northeast of Africa. Yeah. All right, guys. Now let's get into the show. For this episode, we're covering the Space Shoot 'em Up Life Force for the Nintendo Entertainment System. If you'd like to give Life Force a play before listening to the rest of this episode, there are a couple of different options. The original NES cart will run you about 12 bucks. Uh, you can download the game from the th 3DS or Wii U shop if you've heard of the Wii U. Uh, it's still about, open. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's about five bucks there. Uh, sadly, as of the recording of this podcast, it's not yet featured on Switch Online. Uh, emulation would be your last option with all the legal considerations that you know of by now. If you want to try the arcade version of Life Force, uh, which I will be talking about a little bit later, that's available yep. for $7.99 on the Switch shop. In this Life Force episode of the Retro Game Guys podcast, Zach will take us through the history of the game. We'll hear about memories of the game from our community and from this group. We'll chat about our experiences replaying the game, and we'll also see if anyone, including our listeners this time, can beat Zach's score on Life Force. Here's hoping. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> JP will then school us on the world of collecting, and we'll wrap with our retro game giveaway, where someone will win an original copy of Life Force. And if you want to win our next retro game giveaway, like last month's winner at Basic Gamer Bob, follow at Retro Game Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Before each episode, we ask for your memories of our featured game. And we pick the winner from those responses. 
Now to kick off this episode, here's Zach to give us a bit of the background, history, and interesting facts about Life Force. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Well, Life Force is a scrolling space shoot 'em up or shmup, as some people say. <laughs> I didn't even know <laughs> was, that until I was watching you guys on Twitter. I'm like, what are they saying? Well, what's a shmup? Yeah. Right? I don't, I'm not a big fan of that, but I'm sure I'll be saying it like crazy in this episode. So here we go. Uh, this uh, shmup Life Force was developed by Konami and released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1988. Now, the birth of Life Force is an interesting and slightly complex story, so stick with me here, guys. Uh, so it all starts in 1985 with a game called Gradius, yes. which was a staple of Japanese arcade games of the mid-80s. All right, all right. Here we go, Alex. He's, he's a fan of Gradius. Uh, no. Gradius was an, <laughs> you just want me to play Gradius. That's, That's what it correct. is. That's correct. We will talk about that later for sure. Uh, so Gradius was an important evolutionary step for the shoot-em-up genre, shmup, as it bridged the gap between <laughs> earlier single-screen shooters like Space Invaders, one of my favorites, and Galaga, not so much, <laughs> with the uh, <laughs> scrolling shoot-em-ups like R-Type and, and Darius that would come uh, later in the years ahead. Now, by the way, randomly, I noticed today, March 29th, 2020, is the 35th anniversary of Gradius to the day. Isn't that cool? Really? Oh, oh random. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's perfect time to play a different game, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But one so, related. Still in the family, right, totally. Now, the popularity of Gradius in Japan led to an arcade spinoff called Salamander, which improved on Gradius, most notably by adding a two-player co-op feature. And it wasn't long before Salamander also became a hit as well. Now, when Salamander was brought to the U.S., someone felt that the name was kind of weird, which it is. And they're right. <laughs> right. So the game's title was changed to Life Force, and the setting was also updated to take place inside the body of a large alien being. So the game took like a biological slant. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I was doing my, as I was doing my research, I wondered if Konami was influenced by the movie Inner Space that oh, came out yeah. around that time. Do you guys remember that movie? I love that oh, movie. I love that movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, yeah, I saw that in the theater when I was a kid. I remember like totally digging it, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Martin Short as a cowboy, like in the middle of it for no good reason. Like, yeah. Hot Megan. Um, oh, what was her oh, name? Meg, Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. Meg Ryan. My oh, Meg Ryan. That's right. Dustin's favorite. Meg Ryan. <laughs> so you brought that up in our Sonic episode. I did. did you said I something did. about like, didn't you make like a fan website or something? I used to have a page of my tripod site that was dedicated to Meg Ryan <laughs> oh back God. in the mid 90s. Not anymore. She's gone somewhere south. Uh, so, but yeah, no, but it wasn't just that. I mean, Dennis Quaid and Martin Short. Martin Short being classic Martin Short. Like, even if you watch that movie nowadays, do you, if you don't, if you haven't seen that movie right recently, it starts, he starts as a Safeway clerk. If you, for those of us on the West Coast. West Coast. Really? Yeah. So he's, he's got the whole like Safeway tag and everything. So if That's you remember cool. going to Safeway back in the eighties, if you watch the first like 20 minutes of that movie, it'll totally give you a, a nostalgia flashback. Yeah, now I got to go back and watch that movie. Yeah. It sounds awesome. <laughs> it's been years. Well, going back to Life Force, gamers in the US arcade sunk so many quarters in the game that Konami decided to bring Life Force back to Japan as an improved version of Salamander. And they also, also released home versions for the Famicom and NES. Now, the NES version was a departure from the arcade original, but some would argue that Konami actually improved the game. No. So this is similar to another Konami hit, Contra, where most gamers remember the uh, NES version, not so much the arcade <laughs> version. I don't know if you guys have ever played the arcade, arcade version of Contra. Uh, it's not great. Um, <laughs> one of our listeners even went so far as to call the arcade version of Contra, quote, unplayable. So there you go. 
That may be for the truth for Contra, but I would not agree with that for Life Force. And again, we'll talk yeah, about that Yeah, I would later. say so. Yeah, that, the arcade version is pretty cool, but we will talk about that. You're right. Uh, and if you do love Contra like we do, check out our Contra episode in our episode archives. It's one of our Live best episodes. from on, on site back when you could do that thing. That's <laughs> that right. Kind of thing. You'd be around human beings. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, now in Life Force, you pilot the spaceship Vic Viper, and your goal is to blast through six vertically and horizontally scrolling stages Take down large bosses at the end of each stage and ultimately defeat the final boss named Zelos. Uh, so moving to the story, now we've talked about before how cheesy some video game stories could be. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> after reading the NES manual for Life Force, this game might be the new champion of cheese. Uh, now, Dustin, I, I think you've got the best voice for this next part. <laughs> so uh, why don't you give the listeners just a little taste of the awesomeness that is life force. <clears throat> Will do. Here we go. <clears throat> In my best radio voice. I can't wait for this. In a remote quadrant of the universe, there was hatched a hideous creature. His proud parents, Ma and Pa Deltoid, named their only son Zelos, which in alien lingo means one mean son of a gun. Oh As God. Zelos grew into an adult <laughs> space monster, his appetite turned ravenous, his temper became ruthless, and his name proved an understatement. It didn't take long for Zelos to leave the nest and to go out on his own, devouring everything in sight, including three galaxies, 400 planets, two trillion life forms, and a side order of stars. Oh, that's so bad. That's so <laughs> and it, bad. And it can, you want me to continue? There's some more. <laughs> yeah, actually, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Then your innocent galaxy appeared on Zealous's menu, and he chowed on an entree of roast gradius with the <sighs> planet... <laughs> Lattice. Sorry, I've tried to finish it so bad for dessert. Now, the only chance these civilizations have from uh, have of escaping from his digestive tract lies with you <laughs> and your star-fighting partner. But your odds look pretty grim, for Zelos is full of floating armada terror zones, which are cities that have become a part of Zelos after being eaten. So hold on real quick. So that actually explains a lot, because there's levels in this game that are not like biological have nothing to do with this you know creature apparently that you're that you're you know flying inside of but now that they're saying that they're actually different worlds that this yeah. thing has eaten okay yeah. now it makes sense perfect right, sense. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna close out with the end here and say okay. you'll have to devastate the six terror zones and blast away their grotesque mayors before reaching zealous's main artery and putting an end to his eating binge wow there you go wow. there you go a spin zone. That's what that is. <laughs> this was the 1980s fever dream mashup video game. Had nothing to do. They had extra sprites. They just, you know, forced into a game. They're like, here, make something of this. Unbelievable. That, uh, <laughs> that Zelos guy sounds like a lame version of Unicron from Transformers, doesn't he? Like, wow. <laughs> wow. That's um, that's great. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin, for, for that. You're welcome. I hope yeah. everyone enjoyed that inspired reading or something i don't know what that was yeah it, Ma, yeah you're right alex mon pa deltoid that Delto was like yeah mon pa yeah. deltoid like what would mean son of a gun <laughs> who are they writing this for is it is you know i'm trying to be you know objective here did they write it to be funny for like you know 11 year olds or was it like why like it's just so crazy it's just so wild yeah. i don't know but anyway there yeah. you go uh, well, moving on, uh, enemies in the game range from biologically inspired, like red blood cells that shoot projectiles at you, just like real blood cells, right, guys? Totally. Uh, to to, to uh, traditional shoot 'em up enemies like spaceships and ground based cannons. 
Um, there's also really weird enemies like jumping Moa heads. Those are those Easter Island <laughs> heads. Uh, those they're not that difficult in Life Force, but if you fight those guys in Gradius, by the way, oh, they're so they're so bad. Um, I don't want to talk about Gradius. We'll continue. Yeah. Uh, enemy attacks in this game are constant and come from all directions. I'm sure you guys realize that quickly. Um, and winning requires fast firing of your weapon and even faster reflexes to maneuver your ship around projectiles and obstacles. Now, yeah. luckily, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> luckily, Life Force features a really useful power-up system that will improve your chances of survival, uh, if only slightly. Uh, there are six ship upgrades in this order. Speed, which increases your ship speed, obviously, uh, but don't, uh, don't do it too much or you'll speed right into a wall. Uh, there's missiles, which help you attack along floors and ceilings and walls, which is helpful. Um, the ripple weapon, it's, which is a wide beam. Um, tip for me, by the way, guys, uh, avoid the ripple. It's kind of worthless. Um, there's the laser, which is a strong, steady blast. Options, which are helpers that fly along your ship and they replicate your weapons. You get up to two of those. And lastly, there's force field, which allows you to take some projectile damage without dying. So when you defeat certain enemies, they release these pods that when collected highlights the first upgrade in that sequence. And then you have a choice whether to press the A button to select that particular upgrade or you can save up for different, a different upgrade. And that's what I love about the power-up feature is that it's not just about collecting all the power-ups. It's about choosing them in the right order based on what firepower you need for a particular stage. And also um, if you think you're yeah. going to survive long enough to get the next one. Oh, well, <laughs> Absolutely. That's the strategy I had. Shoot, yep. I really want that next one, but I know I'm going to die in this next part, so yep. I might as well just take just take it. what I get, right? <laughs> take take speed, forget it. Uh, so if you, like to your point, Dustin, if you survive long enough, you can eventually deck out your ship with all the best stuff, and that does increase your chances of survival dramatically. Um, but just don't run it run into any walls because then everything goes away. Yeah. Um, and to that, uh, if you do crash or get shot down, you'll lose some of your beloved upgrades. But this right here is where Life Force is much more forgiving than most space shooters. Shmups. Uh, in uh, Gradius, for example, every time you die, Gradius, ah, uh, you restart the, the level or section. You just start over. But in Life Force, when you lose a ship, your new ship just races onto the screen. And when your new ship is entering the screen, it's temporary invincible. And you can even pick up a couple of your option helpers if you had them from your previous life. Unless you're um, at the back of the screen. Unless you're at the, yeah. And you know what? <laughs> that is a strategy. Sometimes you want to stay to the right of the screen if you know you're going to die because then you still have a chance to grab those two options. So you're right. Um, the game is also more generous with upgrades than Gradius. Um, I need to stop talking about Gradius. I can feel my blood pressure growing up. Um, <laughs> when you play with a friend, uh, they will control a ship called Lord British, uh, which is a very interesting name. Hmm. And it's not to be confused with a, a character from the popular Ultima series. Um, and sometimes it's called the road British, by the way, that's what it called. It's called in the NES manual. So I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vic Viper and road British. There you go. <laughs> what a random name for a ship. I mean, yeah. we'll have yep. to do greatest to find out the, uh, no, we won't. Yeah. We'll not <laughs> to find out the, <laughs> we will not. How, where that came no, from. I, I, I'm with Zach yeah. on here. We're not doing Gradius. The yeah. we're playing if, it. If this game was like we're the better or yeah. easier or whatever version. No. I don't, I don't care if it's your birthday, Gradius. I don't care if it's your birthday. Let's ask the listeners. Yeah. Well, we will. I'm, I'm going to be sick for that entire podcast. Mm -hmm. So moving on quickly, uh, the co-op <laughs> feature of Life Force combined with competition for power-ups and the ability to team up on bosses, which are awesome, 
that makes this game a riot to play with a buddy. The only right. wish that we can play in person just kind of sucks totally. now, mm. you know. Uh, Life Force also features the famous Konami code, you know, the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, start. which like Contra will give you 30 lives. So a 30 ship, two player co-op game becomes relatively a walk in the park, especially because you got continues as well. So fun with a friend. Okay. Should have tried it that way. (laughs) I know, right? You're like, I could have used the help, right? Uh, So moving on to the music of Life Force, the original arcade soundtrack was composed by a small group, including Miki Higashino, a female composer who also worked on the soundtrack for Gradius and J.R. Kung Fu, among others. So if you guys remember, we talked about Yar Kung Fu in our Street Fighter 2 episode last year, um, as it was one of the games that was credited for starting the head-to-head fighting game genre. So Miki Higashino worked on some really groundbreaking games. Cool. Yeah. Uh, even more amazing is that according to uh, VGMonline.net, it was Miki Higashino's soundtrack for Gradius that inspired legendary video game composer Yuzo Koshiro of Streets of Rage and ActRaiser fame to enter Ooh. the video game industry. Streets of Rage. Yeah. Well, then, so, then I love this person because Streets yeah. of Rage soundtrack is fantastic. Yep. Yeah. And of course, Yuzo Koshiro gone to do a bunch of other soundtracks. He did the, he did the music for the recent Sega Genesis Mini like we talked about in that episode. So, yeah, thank wow. you. Wow, so it all started uh, with Gradius for him, huh? Yeah. The arcade yeah, versus Gradius. Check it out. Is that what you're saying, Alex? Oh, no. I, I, I think we have to play it to listen. <laughs> that was a trap. That was a trap, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I fell right into that one. No, no. All right. Well, uh, with that, let's hit pause for a minute and listen to a track from Life Force. That was Life Force. What do you guys think? So, so now listening back to that, because I, I guess I, it's been a couple of days since I played the game last. Like when when you said Street Your Rage guy, I was all pumped. But now that I listen back and it brings me back to playing the game, this is the first time the music. Like most games, I'm like music is awesome. This game is this music is just it just feels like almost every other NES game to me. It, it's it's fine. <sighs> it's not, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just it's kind of generic to me. Really, I thought yeah. I thought it was outstanding. My personally, well, I mean, that's the, that's the boss music. Did you like the boss music? Because I I think that's I do know, appreciate because we've we've done games tracks. where the boss music doesn't really uh, change or that it, the music mm-hmm. feels like it changed randomly. I will say that I appreciate in this in this music like uh, in this game that the music did seem to fit. Like, okay, I'm changing into a different level. I'm changing into a boss. So totally that 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 was that those elements were there, but the music itself. Eh, it was kind of NES standard to me. All right. All right. Well, I think and, it, I'm the one to talk. I haven't played very many NES games, but <laughs> like when I hear it, it just feels like that. that's what an NES game sounds like. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I, but I think, I mean, I think, you know, they are limited. They are working with a limited palette. Totally, but my, totally, my personal totally. opinion is I think it's, I, I think it's a great soundtrack. In fact, I went ahead and bought the soundtrack on vinyl. It should be here in a couple of days. <laughs> oh, great. I did. It's great. I'm excited. There's also okay. some, uh, <laughs> You guys should see, listeners should see the looks I just got 
Um, How do bleeps and bloops sound on a vinyl record? It's, it's really, I'm excited do, do, about do, it. Do, 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 do. You get the NES music, and then you also get the MSX version of the of the soundtrack. So you know, there you go. Uh, is, also re- your, is this a real? Are you not joking <laughs> right now? No, I'm not kidding. I, I bought the vinyl. <laughs> I thought you were. We were just no. uh, pulling our leg, like yeah. you know. I bought no, the I vinyl. Okay. Why? Well, I, I I tweeted out recently the artwork from that vinyl, which was like this mashup of all the different bosses. Isn't the crazy collectible later in the program? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Some, sometimes I think Zach is coming up with these games for us to play just so he can just buy so extra buy crap records? for him. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, did, you guys see, crap. did you guys see the uh, vinyl? Uh, not only the 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 sleeve, but the actual uh, record itself. It's uh, really really cool looking. Like, yep. I'll give you crap for buying the the music because you bought the music. <laughs> but the thing itself, it, it, it's a really beautiful. Uh, it's it, it, in and of its, of itself art. The, the, yeah, yeah, the artwork of this game and, and the the Konami, uh, like the they make Castlevania too, right? Didn't they yep. do that? Yep. Uh, they they had it down. They're they're like the uh, they're like the Star Wars posters for the video game industry. Oh, totally. You know? The iconic so, like yeah, the iconic yeah. artwork plus the silver bands that, yeah. that you know framed each uh, you know each cover. They're yeah, really totally. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this generic in a sense that when i w- walk by my nes right now and uh, i've got life force kind of on the top i'm like is that castlevania is that contra i'm not yeah. sure which game <laughs> <that is." laughs> yeah. yeah well i going back to the music i think the music's great dustin you're wrong um and i wow. think people it's need to absolutely- also <laughs> not on not no. on f-zero but on other things i've been no, wrong. right sure no now you're entitled to your own opinion my opinion is that it's great um there's also some awesome remixes of the soundtrack on youtube which i think you should check out Um, Now, going back to Life Force, uh, the game, uh, it would get featured in early issues of Nintendo Power, and it ranked as high as number 21 in Nintendo Power's top 30 at the time. And uh, while we couldn't find exact sales figures, it was clear that Life Force was a hit for the NES. It was a common game to find in your friends' collections, and copies are very plentiful uh, online today. As Justin said, you can get them pretty cheap. In uh, 1997, Electronic Gaming Monthly ranked the NES version as the 76th best console video game of all time. They called it, uh, quote, one of the coolest shooters ever and one of the first big two-player simultaneous shooters on the NES. I feel like we missed uh, an opportunity here because I don't know what they're talking about, but the two-player stuff sounds good. Yeah. But here we are in, in the time we're in, but yeah. So, I mean, if you were... If you were growing up at that time, like you know, and you've talked about you playing with your brother and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know what I mean? It's like I this is a, this is, yeah, this is a game that was designed for two players, and I think we'll talk about that in a bit. Where like the level design even itself, you know, is for two players, and yep, yep, yep. sometimes it is designed to make you want to kill each other. But that's for a different <laughs> discussion. You go down uh, that now, tunnel. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now, uh, Life Force also did get a direct sequel in Japan called Salamander Two which came out in the arcades in 1996. That's 10 years after the first Salamander. And it was ported to the Sega Saturn. And that uh, Saturn copy, by the way, is not cheap. It goes for about 70 bucks. Plus, you got to pay for import shipping unless you find a U.S. seller. So, yeah, have fun with that one. Um, There was also a Salamander remake for Android devices that I ran into on YouTube recently. Um, Apparently, it was in development, and then it got, like, uh, canceled. By Konami, um, and then someone leaked the de- leaked it, finished it, and leaked it to, on Twitter. So I guess you can download it from somewhere. I see some, you can see some gameplay on YouTube, but there's debate about whether it was actually an official release or not. So right. there you go. Uh, as for the Legacy of Life Force, the game is remembered as a standout in the Gradius family. 
a series that includes at least 17 entries spanning three decades and multiple consoles. Sadly, we have not seen a new Life Force game in almost 25 years. And I, for one, think it's time that we see Vic Viper fly through the large intestine of an alien once again. So sure. I, I, hope I already got the name. I already have the name for it. It's called COVID-19. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Uh, moving on. Uh, okay, that wraps up the history segment. And now to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting facts ridiculously about interesting Life facts. Force and that crazy Zelos guy and Ma and Pa Deltoid. Uh, right. Number one, the Japanese Famicom version of Life Force, a.k.a. Salamander, came in a special translucent green cartridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this cart looks like a modern reissue. You guys have seen those for like Street Fighter 2 and other cartridges. Right. But this actually came out in 1987. Now, this is seriously the best looking cart that I own in my collection. Um, you can see the game board through the cartridge. Um, and yeah, and the label has like the snake on it and everything. If you guys remember the iconic you know, uh, cover for Life Force. So it's really, really cool. Um, the game itself is also different from the US release. It features an extra op- option helper. Um, you have There's added animation and there's even multiple endings based on how many continues you use to beat the game. Mm. Um, and in the best ending, the pilot of the Vic Viper is revealed to be a woman. Yes. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that, so it's a cool copy. You should get your hands on it. The good news, you can get it for about 25 bucks. Uh, but of course, you got to import it and all that unless you find a, a U.S. seller. And then you need a Famicom, wow. too. So maybe that'll cost you a few extra bucks. Uh, number two, speaking of Salamander, in 1988, a Salamander anime was released. So the series consisted of three episodes and it came out on VHS and Alex <laughs> also came out on Laserdisc. Hey, all right. So, yeah, time to dust it off. I have to dig it out. Yeah. So you can watch it on YouTube also. So if you can't oh, find we'll your Laserdisc, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that might be. <laughs> uh, you, you, you'll still have, you actually, you won't have to flip it if you watch it on YouTube. But <laughs> yeah, if you get the Laserdisc, then you'll have the joy of flipping your. Oh, you mean I don't have to get off the couch, eject it. <laughs> Flip it over, make sure there's no scratches, put it back right. in, push it back in, sit back on the couch and hit play again. Yeah, Thank you. Play. I'm surprised <laughs> that died out. Why Why? The, why are people not like that? <laughs> exactly. So uh, the show features characters and music from the game and even recreates some of the epic boss battles. So uh, it's pretty cool. And thankfully, by the way, it's subtitled in English. So I actually oh. understood what they were saying. Oh. So. My Japanese is still rusty. Uh, number three, in uh, the original release of Life Force on the NES, there is a typo on the title screen. Oops. Oh. So, yep, you turn the game on and it's right there next to the copyright. It says, uh, licensed, licensed by Nintendo of America. <laughs> Someone forgot the O. <laughs> oh. Oops, uh, but it was fixed in later versions. And that goes to uh, JP, what you were talking about, one of our previous episodes about physical copies. Once you have the copy, that's the final version mistakes and all oh yeah would something like that be worth more i don't think so i i mean it could be maybe it could be but some of those errors do end up yeah do end up and by the way that is a real deep hole we don't we need to turn jp's mic off here because (laughs) this is one of those collector things where there's debates about even the release of the game like the version release of like castlevania 1a versus 1b that kind of a thing so uh yeah we can get (laughs) We get way into that. Uh, number four, Life, For- Life Force never got a sequel on the NES, but the Famicom game Gradius 2 is pretty dang close. So if you love Life Force, this game is reason enough to get a Famicom system or a clone that plays Famicom games. 
Uh, Gradius 2 came out in 1988, the same year as Life Force in the US. And it has a lot of the same feel as Life Force. And that's because some of the developers, including Konami veteran Shigiharu Umazaki, worked on both Gradius 2 and Life Force. And he also worked on Konami hits like Contra and Super C. So this guy's like Konami royalty, basically. Um, other notable aspects. What's that? Terrible name. Yeah, Super C and Salamander. Like the, some of these names did not work well in English. <laughs> no, they, they did not. <laughs> Super C. Hmm. Didn't we say it sounded like a like a medicine or something like something yeah, you like, take like to, when you like supplement? Yeah, there you go. Uh, so other uh, notable aspects of the game include sprites taken almost directly from Life Force and Contra and enhanced graphics and sound thanks to a special chip in the cartridge. Uh, Gradius 2 for Famicom. Check it out. And number five, don't confuse the game Life Force with a 1985 British sci-fi movie of the same name. No. Well, let me tell you about it. So the movie Life Force stars Patrick Stewart of oh, Star Trek and X-Men fame. My and the plot is interesting. Maybe not as interesting as the plot for Life Force, the other Life Force, but anyway, check this out. I'll do my best voice now. Yeah. When a space mission involving American and British astronauts encounters an alien craft, the humanoids within are brought aboard the shuttle. Now, back on Earth, one of the extraterrestrials, who appears to be a gorgeous woman, proceeds to suck the life force out of various Londoners, turning the town into a city of roaming half-dead people. Now, while I really like the 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 plot you said, that voice, man, you got to work on that. I need to I'll give you. Try. I need. To, we need to do some exercises. We need to get you out there. What's his name with the in a uh, 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 oh punch out where he's out there on the <laughs> on the street? Yeah, Doc Lewis. Doc, Doc yeah. Lewis. I got to be your Doc Lewis, kid. All right, I'll get my pink uh, jumpsuit on, my sweatpants, and everything. We'll go out there and run. I'll be running, going in a world, in a world, <laughs> exactly. in a world. <laughs> so. She sucks the life force out of Londoners, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't. There's a doctor about that at all. She also has a special power too, because it says turning the town into a city of roaming half dead people. So she can also turn a town into a city. So wow, yeah, that's that's pretty special, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> what talent! You're picking on that part of the copy, like that's the that's the weird part. Okay, fine. Like a, a marketing guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, by the way, we got to find a copy of this dang oh, movie. Sure. Right? We get yeah. added to our VHS collection right next to Shoot the Moon. I'm surprised know? this wasn't a sequel of Shoot the Moon. <laughs> Sounds that good. Shoot the uh, alien. Yeah. By the way, if you want to know about Shoot the Moon, uh, check out our Moon Patrol episode. It that is episode. Awesome. I, Moon Patrol is what we haven't mentioned a lot in the past year, but that is still one of my all-time favorite, maybe Absolutely. top five episodes. One of the best and, sci-fi movies ever made. Hands but, down. but the shoot the moon thing got got that was one of one of our first like super silly episodes <laughs> where it just mm-hmm. went into a stupid place and it was great. Well, you know um, why? Because we were doing an Atari game, and there's only so much like some Atari game. There's only so much you could talk about, so it kind of just like it's and a Moon little... Patrol is worth our time because it, it had it's a very very uh, it, penal it, not it's a very like pinnacle game it has a lot of things that the other games moved on from but yeah you're right at some point you just don't have a lot to say only so much you could talk about you know uh, parallax scrolling and stuff right 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 (laughs) guess what that was five ridiculously interesting facts about life force all right guys well thank you zach um we're gonna get into the memory section here but uh the only person in the group that really has any strong memories of the game is zach so zach why don't you uh let us know what uh what you remember about this game back in the day 
Yep. So as a kid, like I uh, was never a big fan of scrolling shooters. I know, surprise, surprise. <laughs> so, because yeah, right. uh, most of them were super unforgiving, and I just, I guess, I just never cared enough to stick with them to memorize like all the patterns and stuff like that. Um, but there were a few shooters that I actually did keep in rotation. So the first was um, 1943. I think oh, yeah. we might have talked about that yeah. a bit on the podcast earlier. But that's an awesome Capcom game. If you don't have, yep. if you have an NES, you don't have that. Like. You know, go get it. Like now, I'd have been forty-two, but I played that all the time whenever I'd go see a movie at AMC back back then. Oh yeah, you know what, dude? You know what's crazy? This is really crazy. I actually remember playing nineteen forty-two at that same exact theater. So isn't that nuts that you and I played the same game? And like, I don't think it was with you. I didn't know you back. Didn't know you at the time that that age yet? Yeah. That's oh, yeah, I totally like Eskimo remember, Brothers. Like, like, we're like Fievel over here. Somewhere out there. <laughs> we're playing 1942. Uh, well, 1943 is a lot better than 1942. It's it's one year better. There's also a game called... That's goes one, what's it, one louder? Yeah. Let's do 11. Uh, there's also a game called Guardian Legend, which I hope we do in a future episode. It's kind of a futuristic shooter meets a Zelda-like adventure. It's a mashup. It's kind of cool. Um, and then Life Force, of course, um, because mm. these games, the reason I like these three games in particular is because they were a little bit more forgiving. So 1943 <laughs> and Guardian Legend, you you get a you get an energy meter with your ship so you can take multiple damage. Um, and as we talked about in Life Force, you can actually keep your progress after losing your life. So that was a big deal to me as a kid. Um, so I love that. I love Life Force. And that was in my collection. Um, and also. Love playing it with two players, like we talked about earlier. Just this was one of my go-tos with friends. It was Life Force and Contra. Because you put the Konami code in, you blow stuff up. You don't really care if you die. Just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I although I laughed at the... Th- this one's easier when we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, here for the memories. It's, it's good relatively about- easier, by the way. Relatively, oh, right? So we're not yeah, talking right. about... Yeah. Because I, I still... Know. As a kid, I still couldn't beat this game with three lives. Like, I never beat it as a kid. So even though it was easy... Er, you know, it's still like default, super hard, super hard. All right. Well, we'd also uh, we also love hearing from our listeners and some special memories they may have involving the games that we do. So for Life Force, uh, we're, we want to hear some more. So each for, each month, the retro game guys collect feedback on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We ask people to send us their fondest memory of playing the game to at retro game guys. So let's start with at LJ White. 28 who said my fondest memory playing life force is dad taking me to the rental store one saturday morning this was not my usual place so they had a new selection of games the box art for the game pulled me in the snake on the cover was super cool and the fire going through the title just made it stick out i rented and loved it this would be an awesome rental because you know sometimes you roll the dice on those rentals you know yeah, uh, this one would be a this one's worth it. Uh, yeah. Home this run. Is, yeah. This is why this is this is this is a game though that for me it was like why we always rented two games each weekend because like <laughs> you don't want to get stuck. Oh, with you it had for that long. kind of money? I see how it is. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I was so boozy we could spend five dollars instead of two fifty. Um <laughs> so our, our buddy Bear or at the retro bear den. Rawr. Says, my fondest memory of playing Life Force is playing it for the first time at my childhood friend John's house. I was introduced to the Konami code that night. We beat the game and loved it. It was also the same night I stumbled upon his dad's Hustler magazine collection. (laughs) 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 Now, 
we saw this memory earlier and I was instructed that we can't go down the path of uh, any memories of us discovering friends or our own father's uh, stashes. So I have to move on quickly or Zach's going to give me the death stare. Um, at, at, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Right. <laughs> Specifically, Alex, I was supposed to mute you here, I think. Yeah. Um, at Hitokiri36 says, when I convinced myself that the salamander on the cover wasn't going to murder me in my dreams. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I, have, I have a quick uh, story about that. So yeah, the, the, the snake on the cover is pretty sinister, right? You see the big fangs and the big ugly face. So when we did our last episode, um, our quick play, I had a virtual background of that picture and I forgot that I had said it. And then the next morning, my son had a, a, a preschool call, a video call, <laughs> and that virtual background was still on. And my wife like comes upstairs. She's like, what's behind him? Like, look at this picture. And I was like, oh, dang. So I had to run down and change it. But yeah, I heard a teacher say, that's wow, awesome. that's a really nice looking dragon. Oh, <laughs> so, got to love preschool teachers. For your little boy. Like, oh. That'd been yeah. awesome. Rock yeah. and roll. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great. Great. So he should have said rock and roll. But it's, you know, it's, it's not quite appropriate for a preschooler, I suppose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, maybe not. All right. Well, going back to uh, our uh, listeners' favorite memories of the game, at jcas6502 says, fond memory? Nah, I just remember dying a lot and wishing I could enjoy it more since it looks so cool. Trying for a high score in this contest has only led to more dying, but at least I can get to level three now. <laughs> uh, Jay Cass is my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> at irrele- irrelevant lays one says simply dying. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. a good memory. Good uh, Brian, the retro game bro, or at wise guys two two three says my fondest memory of playing Life Force was when my brother and I would take turns losing. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I don't think we ever got further than level three. It was brutal, but fair. LOL. Good times. We still talk about it from time to time. I, You know what? I like, we love, and we, you know, as part of this podcast with our memories on other games, we love when you have a memory of the game like that, right? Like you, you, I can text my brother randomly and be like, let's go up the elevator and double dragon, man, like, or whatever. Or uh, Actually, that was Streets of Rage. But yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. and I messed up. There's, you know a, what there's I mean? an elevator double dragon. You're cool. You're okay. okay. Thank you. Thank there's you. at least one or two. <laughs> And last to close out the memories here, we have to close it out with the golden God himself at Mr. Don Van Dam, who says mine is renting this at a small shop in Monterey called Video Express. I was probably six or so, and I remember never getting very far in Life Force. It was one of the first shoot 'em ups I ever played, and the box art was incredible. Uh, And by the way, Video Express is now a nail salon. (laughs) Oh, no, it used to be a nail salon. Probably not anymore. Don't worry, Doc. My um, my video store, BJ Video, is now a Safeway. <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh, oh, are we still talking about Hustler like, magazines? What are we talking about? <laughs> what? With the curtain, we've got yeah. No, that's where you get the Hustler videos. Life Force, the the yeah. movie with Patrick Stewart sucking the life out of someone. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Right. And let's talk about <laughs> the crew. He didn't quite make it through the whole section. He like that. Still had to drop something. I was like, that's the Come on. Now we're talking about the playthrough the retro game guys here did over the past couple weeks. Going to ask you guys about your thoughts about the specific aspects of Life Force so we can focus a bit more on what makes the game unique and memorable. So to start here, uh, I want to hear about your first impressions of the game when you fired it up this month. 
What do you think, uh, you know, how it kind of looked, how you felt going into the game, kind of the first 10 minutes? What was your first uh, little bit uh, of uh, th- thought on the game? Zach, let's start with you here. Yeah, I was a bit scared because <laughs> <laughs> I had been playing Gradius a bit before and I was like, oh my God, like I've never beaten this game on three lives. I suck at shooters. Like I haven't not beaten a game for the podcast in a while. We got the whole hashtag beat retro game guys thing going on. So it was like, and then uh, it was, yeah, it was a little daunting. And then my first playthrough was humbling. It's like, I don't even think I got enough um, uh, points to beat the default high score in the game. And that's always a little bit, you know, sad. Um, so yeah, my first impression was like, I, I do, I remember liking this game as a kid, but this is going to be a long road and uh, spoiler. Yeah. It, it was. Oh yeah. Uh, first impression for me, uh, I, Popped it in, you know, hot off the presses, got it just out of the eBay package, popped it in. I was like, okay, I, you know, shooter games. I played a few across the different genres on my links on different, you know, platforms and things. I'm like, okay, this looks like something I'm playing. Couldn't, couldn't, I was like, well, let me try the Konami code. By the way, you, you have to do that so fast on this game. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, why is it? You know what? Forget it. Forget it. I'm just, I only have five minutes to play. I just want to pop it in to, to get my first impressions. I popped it in. I died within about 20 seconds and I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. And I walked away from it for about four days. So that was my first impression. <laughs> did you, um, did you sit in the middle of the lane and let the other ships pass you by? Hey, oh, hey, Monaco GP callback there. Thanks. Uh, JP, first impression of the game. Uh, you popped it in. What, what, what were you thinking? Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely like Zach already hit on it earlier. Kind of reminded me of 1942, 1943, playing that where you're just, you know, you're shooting a bunch of guys and trying to get power ups. Like there's so many, you know, air airplane type flying games where you have that kind of thing where the red ones give you power ups, the blue ones give you nothing. You know, like as soon as I saw that, mm-hmm. it just brought back, you know, reminded me of a lot of these other games, even that game playing, playing life force back in the day. But it reminded me a lot about that. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Alex, what would you think? Uh, yeah, so I actually don't remember playing this game. I remember playing Gradius uh, growing up, and so when I first uh, powered it up, I was like, it took me a little bit to get my bearings and to remember how the power-ups work and stuff. And uh, like halfway through the first level, uh, you know, you die a couple times, and uh, you sort of realize, like, this game's not messing around, dude. This game, yeah. Will, yeah. this game will tear you down. So it took me a couple of playthroughs of that first level just to figure out like, okay, like how fast does the ship go? What kind of power-ups can I max out on and stuff like that? And um, uh, there was a lot of, um, I felt like a little bit like playing it for the first, like playing this type of game, like for the first time, like you, Dustin, where I got frustrated really quickly early on. Then I dropped it for about 10 minutes, came back to the game played a little mm-hmm. bit longer so there was a frustration level that went on and for the first time i played for the first 10 minutes i just used the continue just to see how far i could get and uh started to get a feel for it and uh yeah i mean i don't have any bad feelings about this game it is what yeah. it is right i mean it's well, let's, let's, it's go, let's move on to yeah let's move on to as you as you went through it some more and then let's talk about our playthrough as it as it continued uh once mm-hmm. you once you dug into the game you know did that continue? Did you still feel the challenge or did it get easier from you? And and how did you feel overall about the, about the challenge? This is a hard game, dude. I'm not going to lie. This is tough. Uh, especially if the way, trouble? The, 
Yeah, the way we played, we played, okay, what did we challenge ourselves to do the uh, regular three-man with no continues and the uh, Konami code, right? So That's right. Um, I uh, I played with the Konami code uh, once to see how far I could get. Um, and, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about that yet. That's uh, later on in the program. But um, I started to get the hang of this, and uh, I, I, I ended up, enjoying the game after a while it's best obviously with this game to have the most power-ups that you have and does max out and everything and you just get to like just mow down the field as you get to play the game so it's definitely like a, a run and gun type of situation if you have all the power-ups then this game's a joy to play if you don't this game is not a joy to play there you go. zach what'd you think you dug in you uh you played it some more how did it turn out for you challenge wise so um, one thing I was saying on Twitter a bit when I was talking about this with a couple different listeners, which is, you know, it's not about how often you die so much um, as you progress in the game. It's about where you die more than anything, because there's areas where there are long stretches without power ups. And there were there were playthroughs where I beat multiple levels in one life. Like to your point, Alex, like, I, I got all the power ups. I'm blowing through everything. And then I make one stupid mistake. Like I run into a wall or I just, you know, brain dead and hit something. I lose all of my, uh, you know, power ups. Um, and then I lost all my ships immediately after. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, didn't matter how many lives I had. In fact, I think my record was like 10 ships on one level, lost all of yeah. them. Um, but as I, you know, really kind of dug in and I started to, you know, play it every day, like two or three times a day, then I survived longer. And this is what yeah. I think we talked about a little bit in our Super Monaco GP episode is like, you know, once you start doing better, you're going to st- and get more power ups. You're going to find yourself getting a lot farther because it's all about keeping the power ups you have. So I started really enjoying myself after a while. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was pretty frustrating because if you want to get up into the higher scores, you basically got to reset the game if you screw up early. And that level yep. of perfectionism, perfectionism is really exhausting. Yep. Uh, I'll go to me real quick. Um, I never, I never solved the note on this game. This game, uh, it, it's frustrating to me that this game was as difficult for me as Super Monaco. Uh, I never solved this game. I, I put hours into it. Um, this just uh, is this game is not for me. I, I, I could not solve the challenge. Um, I never even ever even attempted to play it with three lives. I just couldn't even. I, I, just, I, I I'm terrible at this game. Just have to straight up. So the just challenge play is, harder. That's oh, it. I, I, I nights that I put three or four hours into it. There were and I did that multiple times, and it just didn't even matter. Um, well, think about greatest now, because people are going to ask like, why didn't we play greatest? Now imagine what you went through. But now every time you die, you would start over. You they won't have the to imagine it because we're going to be playing it soon. So it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. greatest. I didn't even hear. Sorry, I didn't even hear. Fantastic. Oh, no, I, the, I wouldn't have to imagine it soon. We're going to play it soon. So, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be great. When you I, I, when you I, continued, though, with the with the Konami code, didn't it automatically give you another 30 ships? Another 30 to- the first time I did that, let's put it this way. The first time I did that. So it took me 60 lives to get to the second level boss. Wow. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Holy crap. <laughs> what? This game is not for me. I just, holy I'm not. Holy. Well, that's clear. <laughs> so, Let's round it out here with JP. Once you uh, dug into the game, you're, uh, what do you think the challenge? No, definitely really, really hard, especially if you're going for that that three lives. It, it kind of reminded me, um, it could, to call back to our quick play last time, it reminded me of uh, that question about a hard game 
but you keep going back to it. And I think this mm. is definitely in that category because it's hard. And, you know, Super, Super Monaco GP was hard, but I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of it. I didn't want to go back to it, but I would go back to this, even though it was very difficult and painful at times, but it was still fun. Like these kinds of shooters are just fun. I like these plain, I'm always yeah. a fan but of you're answering the next question there, JP. So you, you still thought this game was fun, huh? Oh yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I will quickly answer. No, there's, I got nothing out of this game. I, I, wow. I enjoy, but I will tell you, is this the right place? I think this is the right place. You know what I did do? I picked up the arcade version for the switch, which only has the three lives. I don't even think the Konami code exists. I had a hell of a lot more fun with that game. Um, really? and I, I never got past the end of the first level, but That's it's really hard so one. much better. It's so much better. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't understand how anyone would say I get maybe for nostalgia or something, but like the NES version is, it just pales in comparison to me for the arcade version. The arcade version is fun. You've got the, the voiceover, the guy talks about like the biotics. So you kind of, you feel it. And I think part of it for me was like, I understood that to be an arcade version of the game. Like I get that it's hard because it's an arcade version. It's trying to eat your quarters. I, and I love the fact like I could feel myself wanting to almost, you know, uh, virtually reach into my pocket and stick another quarter in to keep going. And I just didn't feel, I don't feel that same kind of love out of the NES version. It just feels like it's brutally hard to be like, just to be a jerk. Um, So if you, if you guys had a struggle with the arcade version or with the uh, NES version out there and the listeners, I'd love to hear if you give a, the arcade version a shot on the switch and, and, and let me know what you guys think, because hmm. for me, at least it was leaps and bounds better. See, I thought the arcade version was fun because it looks better. Sounds better. I did. I love the voice over like too, because the guy will say like, you know, uh, sh- you know, shooting through the muscle tissue or, you know, and then they'll tell the boss like, you know, shoot him in the eye or whatever. Like it keeps giving you like tips and, um, but that was cool. But, um, I think the NES version is better because it's more strategic. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know. I just I thought the 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 whole option system was better on the NES. Where on the arcade they just gives you you even the voice will say pick it up for laser, pick it up for you know ripple or whatever. So you don't have the option to pick the weapon. You're getting whatever you're picking up. So I think that was less cool than the NES version. Less a little bit less strategy required. So, but that's just me. Alex, uh, how fun did you think this game was? Uh, uh, I'd say this game's. Right in the middle of the road for me. I mean, it's it's hard. Uh, I was playing it earlier today, uh, just giving myself a personal challenge, and uh, uh, yeah, I got frustrated with it fairly quickly. Um, I'm just imagining myself as a kid playing this game. This game's awesome. As an adult playing this game, it's like okay, frustrating. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed my playthrough for this challenge for our podcast. I enjoyed playing it, so I can't poo poo it too much. So yeah. I really did. For the the fun factor for me, I got to say, after playing this game a lot as a kid and as an adult, you know, like I think if you can get over the learning curve, this game is a blast because it has a two player feature. It's got the Konami code, so it's more approachable to players at different skill levels. Maybe, you know, Dustin, just debatable, you know, there. Um, But the power ups are cool. The stages are interesting. The boss fights are one of my favorite things about this game because like, do you guys like it? How like your ship enters an area, the screen goes black. Yeah. Like the, like the, the you know, menu goes away, the music changes. What game was that? Was that, was that Strider? There was a game 
once I got to the bosses, the bosses were easy to figure out. Like yeah. I, I might struggle with because the NES controller is, is kind of not the best controller in the world. It's a little ergonomically unfriendly. I might struggle yeah. to hit that circle around the boss, but the bosses were fine. They had a pattern. I could figure it out. It was everything else. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, me, and there's many, many ways to die. But I think if you once you get this game down, um, you know, I, you could have a lot of fun with it because you really start to understand what, like, what the patterns are and what to yeah. avoid. And and because you're not starting over every time you screw up, you know, and you do get extra lives, you can pick up some extra lives hidden in levels, and you can get extra lives from score. And you know, after a while, you know, you start just powering up your ship and surviving for a long period of time. It's so it's it can boring. be, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. The game's not boring by any no. means. And the fact no, that no, no. you can have 30, 30 lives and continue and continue. Yeah. It yeah, just, I mean, it's like, you know, what gift it's, at least it's not like super Mario brothers where you die three times. It's like, okay, that's yep. it. You know, well, and the play control. Given, yeah. The play control is good too. It's not like you're, playing a game it's hard because you can't control your guy like you it is yeah. you can be very accurate yeah. and you know you can control your ship and you can choose your options and so a lot of it it's up to you so the game design is good it's just that it's hard harder controlling harder to control games um yep. but yeah let's move on to your one best life force tip and tactic tipper tactic i'll just say for me um yeah i think we kind of touched on this before you got to get those power ups. You got to do the right thing with them. And if you if you know you're reaching a spot that you have a difficult time, pull in and 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 choose whatever it is you have at that point. If it's missile or whatever, I will say missile for me was the one that was the key. Like mm-hmm. when you have that to clear out all those uh, guns on the side, that's where I started not dying every five seconds. Like when I was able to get to that missile point and clear out those guns, uh, much better. So. Really, I think the key for me and and you guys would probably echo echo this is you got to get those power ups and you got to get the good ones or else you're just going to die. You're just going to die. Zach, why don't you uh, keep keep it going here? Yeah, my tip is you're real similar to yours, Dustin. I think um, get the options and get the um, missiles first. Sometimes I'll get the missiles and options um, and, and actually power them up fully, like two options and two missiles before I get anything else. And that's because it, you know, doubles your firepower. Um, and then there's levels like level three. And Alex, you probably remember that that yep. level with the fire, right? Um, Underrated level. The, I love that level. Yeah, I, I like that level too. But a lot of people hate it because it's, it's super hard fire coming from every, every direction. Um, but if you have the options and missiles and you put the op- you can place one option below you and one option above you it's going to protect you from enemies coming below you and above you mm-hmm. and the missiles are constantly running a- around uh, along the floor in the ceiling so it's actually can kill enemies before they even enter the screen so like though having with the options and missiles are you know hugely important i would back that up also, also and say in that fire level if you come into that level fully stocked with everything that you need already powered up you yep. could rack up a lot of free ships in that level just by killing yeah. everything on the screen, you score so many points that um, at, I think at a certain point in this game, if you hit a certain level of points, it starts giving you one ups. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. And there's and a hidden one up in up, that level, too. There's a hidden one up in that level, too. And I was racking up lots of free yep. guys by killing everything on the screen because I came into that level fully stocked. Yep. By the way, I always stay low in that level. Like I'll just start I'll stay like on the kind of lower third of the screen and I don't move. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go left around. and right, obviously, but I don't go up and down. I just, there's a nice little sweet spot there that I think that has helped me out quite a bit. My tip would be uh, if you fly around the last boss of the game, it throws you back a couple levels and you have to replay the last <laughs> level again. 
<laughs> right? I, I called Zach up. I called Zach up and I was like, what the hell is wrong with this game? How come it doesn't end? I sent you guys all a text. I was like, how come this game doesn't end? Because I was like, okay, I'll just I killed the 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 dragon thing and, and there was a big circle and I, I felt like I was the it pushed me up. Like it, it automatically starts progressing you up the screen. And I was like, okay, I'm going to die if I hit this thing. So I just flew around it. And uh, I thought that was the end of the game. Nothing came up and it just started me on the back at the start of the level again. I was like, what just happened? That's so funny. <laughs> so you don't call go- me, you told me, I'm like, what? Like that happens. Like, and then yeah. of course, immediately my first thought was, is that a score hack? Like, is there a way to no. manipulate that to get because I died? Score? Another another tip: I died right before the last boss of the game, so oh, I was boy. going. I literally like right in the transition between the regular level to the boss level. I hit a wall, so I had nothing. I had no power up going into Man. playing the last boss of the game. So I was like, I'm screwed. How am I gonna beat this game now? All right, JP, close this out. Tip tip tactic for this game. Uh, God, you guys have probably already said it. I mean, you guys already did say it, I should say. But for me, it was getting the um, getting missiles and then getting an option or getting two there options, I should say. There you go. All right, before we get to the scores, uh, quick around the room or around the virtual room, want to know, would you play Life Force again? Zach? Yep. JP? Yes, sir. Uh, me? Nope. Uh, another <laughs> one I gladly sell, like Super Monaco GP uh, and Alex? Yes. All right, perfect. All right, three out of four. It's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad. All right, now it's time for our Life Force score competition. Last episode, we opened up the competition to all listeners. The rules were pretty simple. Play the game with the default three lives, no Konami code, and post your best score using the hashtag BeatRetroGameGuys. So let's start by running through the top five listener scores and an honorable mention. So first off, those honorable mentions go to at Hale underscore Derek, and at jcas6502, they didn't get in the top five, but they did break the high score in the game. So that's something. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so moving on in fifth place, Brian, the retro game bro or at wise guys, 23 got 137,450 points. All right. He said, I died on the mini boss on level five. That's admirable. In fourth place at basic gamer, Bob with 278,000 points. He said he beat it with three lives and died on boss two in the second loop. Wow. Yeah. And that, and that boss is a jerk by the way. So Alex, you probably remember that boss, the one with the spinning arms Yeah. on the, the second loop, he actually changes directions on you. Uh, so you, you're trying to pull out your usual strategy and you fail. Nice. Hmm. Uh, in third place at echo plex four twenty two twenty four seven. Uh, he had 336,000 points. Wow. He said, second time around was tough. Patterns switched up and enemies take more damage. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, there you go. You go. Just Same like thing. you guys were talking about. Uh, in second place, at 8-Bit Tips with 993,280 <laughs> points. Uh, he squeaked this into us, by the way, just about an hour ago, right before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, he said that he found ways of stocking up on lives and that, quote, Theoretically, with enough patience and time, I think I could have any score I wanted. But oh, yeah, and if, and if a frog had wings, it wouldn't bump its ass when it hopped. So <laughs> Dustin's jealous. That <laughs> might be a slightly <laughs> bit jealous. Uh, so here we go. The top score. Drum roll. Right. Submitted by Blake or Sore Thumb Collector. Uh-oh. This is a guy that Zach's competed against in the past. I have. Blake's score was. One million eight hundred and thirty-seven thousand nine hundred and fifty points. 
There That's you it? go. Wow. <laughs> That's I it. have I have I have a little bit here, and now as 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 a, a as a true champion here, I'm going to let him have his uh, have his day in the sun here, and uh, let's let's hear from him. A hey, little he's not bit champion on, yet. Well, I bet he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going out on a limb. Um, so here's what Blake said. He said, uh, "I think it's safe to say I've mastered life force. I blew my goal of one million points out of the water, almost making it to two million. I definitely could have gotten any points, I, many amount of points I wanted on this marathon run. Look go. at these guys. I, know, right? I just started <laughs> messing around by the end and didn't care if I died. Wow. <laughs> I, I did find out that if you collect enough speed, it finally stops giving them to you. And that if you're fully sped up, your options spread out further and further from your ship, letting you cover much more area of the screen with your barrage of bullets and missiles, though you'll be moving so damn fast, it's hard to control. Yeah, I didn't know about that part. I always avoid getting all the speeds for the reasons that he just described, because otherwise right. it's so touchy. Yeah. Well, he goes on to say, if you can beat this score, you deserve to win that <laughs> hashtag beat retro game guys high score competition. I will tell you that the score will take multiple hours to achieve, but I won't tell you how many. Just know that it is more than a rational person would play the same game over and over for. Uh, <laughs> so Zach might do it. Um <laughs> I won't be playing this game again for a long time. This score of 1,837,940 was done without the Konami code and took a lot of practice to do. You're up, Zach. Mm. And a couple of uh, uh, devil horns for good boot. Yep, rock and roll. All right, so let's move on to our scores. You know this Hold is on. the big moment, Congratulations, guys. Congratulations, dude. Congratulations. That's a fantastic score. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah. So anybody going to be able to beat that uh, or some of our listeners going to be able to say I beat the retro game guys? Well, I'll start and say everybody can see that say they beat me because I never <laughs> even tried to do this game. Not with a Konami code. Uh, it yep. was just not possible. We need to have another hashtag. Mm. hashtag I beat Dustin. On the, on the passing Dustin in the middle of space. Right. On the, on the arcade version, on the arcade version, I think I did beat the uh, we didn't play the arcade game. version, man. But not here. Not here. <laughs> All right. JP. 1,837,941. No. Take that, Blake. Wow. <laughs> Just for kidding. reals, for reals. Um, I, I can't remember what the score was off the top of my head. I got to the first, I, I made it to the first boss, but lost. And I think, I want to say it was a little over 7,000 points, but I'm not 100% certain. But <laughs> wow. I made it to the first boss. It's okay. Even worse than me, almost. <laughs> what i would no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i did the konami uh, code and i got to the fourth boss with the konami code oh, okay oh, cool uh alex what was your score where'd you get uh i finished the game and i got to uh four hundred and six thousand seven hundred and forty. whoa dude whoa. wow good god man that's huge well, well so it, i'll tell you what that all, most of those points and, and the lives, like I said, Zach, that came from level three, killing all the things in the fire level. I cleaned up in that level. Wow. It was a well, lot. So you, you uh, beat all but two of our listeners with your score. Not yeah, bad, dude. A, Not bad. Crazy. Wow. All right, Zach, hit us with it. Where'd you all get? Right. Did well, you get a- one point, almost nine million? Well, this was a journey, guys. Let me tell you. So I played this game solid for two weeks. And, uh, and I got to say, uh, we talked about the, the, the top five, right? In fact, the, all the guys, even the honorable mentions, they were all playing this game for the last month, posting progress 
Um, we're having yeah, great it conversations. Cool to see. It was very cool so to see. much fun because we were like all playing it together. And that's been the whole point of this podcast since day one is like enjoying video games with people and friends and listeners. So like it was mission accomplished as far as hashtag beat retro game guys is concerned, I'd say. But so I played for two weeks solid. I maxed out at 550,000 points. Um, I just burned Wait, out. Wait, what? Let me, let me continue. Really? So I burnt. Yeah, I was, I put the controller down at 550 K. <laughs> I was done. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was sick of this game. And then I saw uh, Mr. Blake post this score of 700,000 oh, okay. so on that Instagram. That your final. No. He, he posed a score of 700K on Instagram. And I was like, I, I can't do this again. So then you know what? one night I was having, I was having some beers. I'm going to yeah. tell you, I, I know that pain because when I finished this game, I had I used up all my guys, everything I had cashed up in on. Yeah. Started the second round because I saw the tweets of other guys playing the second round. Yeah. And I died within like the first three seconds of the second round. True. I had no ships left. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm do this again. Yeah. Because you go through hell because you, you're so on playing this game. Like, it's yeah. it's a mental drain. And like, when I saw that score of 700,000, like, I was like, I can't do it anymore. I just can't, I can't put myself through it. But then I had a couple of beers one night with dinner and I just Bro. ended up in front of my NES Bro. and I ended up beating the game <laughs> three times in a row. With the enemies getting increasingly harder each time, remember, and I got to the last level in loop four. Now, keep in mind, by the way, and this is also what Blake went through, each loop takes about 35 minutes. Yeah. So my score, it took me over two hours straight of playing this insane game to get to this point. And my final score was 965,310. So I did not beat Blake this time around. How many loops was that? What's that? How many loops was that? That, that was uh, three loops. Not uh, only you and, didn't beat yeah. you. Not well, only and, did yeah. you not beat Blake, you didn't beat uh, at uh, eight bit tips either. That's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah, and he sneaked in there at the last minute. You're right. He did get in there. Wow. And, uh, by the way, um, Blake and I. So just talked about Blake here, and yeah, congratulations, eight bit tips. That's awesome. Absolutely, Bravo. both of you guys. Um, so just talk about Blake for a second. So he and I have gone back and forth on some games. So um, he tried to beat my score in Contra. Uh, and didn't quite get there for a Contra episode. He had a challenge for Super Mario Brothers, and I ended up taking the prize there. So I think I fired him up, and he put in an insane amount of time in Life Force, and he gets all of my respect for that. So congrats. Yeah. Um, nice. Last thing I'll say here is just, to, by the way, guys, just to put this in perspective, according to the High Score Authority Twin Galaxies, Blake's score and, you know, Apit Tips score, um, they would be in the top five scores in the world what and i guess i guess you'd put mine in there as well because we would fit we would fit in there so yeah so according to twin galaxies we three people in our beat retro game guys just put up the top five best scores in the world i mean Crazy. that's what score competition brought out in people I, should I, love it. I love it i love it even though i hated this game i love to see that that's so awesome wow yeah. and, and, and let me tell you, I went through all that effort and I didn't, I didn't freaking win. I like, That's well, I like how your, I like how your story starts out. I like how your story starts out. I had a couple of beers and then I ended up in front of my NES state place yeah. uh, game. I should have, I should have drank more apparently. Yeah. Was a whole, all right. Well, I, I can't, I can't let him win. And then it calmed my nerves a little bit because your nerves are you like when you're it's exactly flying. there's a bell curve with drinking with video games. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, just to reiterate, congrats so much to a uh, sore thumb collector for that best score. That is such a yeah, big one. That's huge, um, huge. As a thank you, we'll be sending you a $20 gift card for the gaming platform of your choice. And you can also say I beat 
the retro game guys. You totally did. You smoked us. Good wow, job, man. Yes, you did. All right, and top thank five you. in the world. Right. Thank yeah. you so much to everybody who submitted a score, especially our top five. These guys kept us updated through on their progress through the whole month. Uh, and we had some really fun conversations throughout that month. And uh, yeah, this was super fun. Again, I didn't like playing the game, but I had so much fun talking to these guys on Instagram and Twitter about what was going on. So really cool to see. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I hope we keep this going. So uh, question, is the streak dead or is it still alive because you guys haven't beat me yet? <sighs> Well, it's still alive because we haven't beat you yet. I, I think don't know it's who still these alive, but are. I think who knows who these see, guys are. <laughs> you know? Come on, I, I'll say it's still alive, but I think Sore Thumb Collector gets a gets a like a sash or something at least. <laughs> yeah, he gets a ribbon. <laughs> he, he, well, he's getting twenty bucks. Don't feel sorry for him. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right, guys. Now it's time for Alex's favorite segment of the show: JP's crazy collectible of the month. All right. So hit hit us, JP. What you got? I thought you called it his fake vrit, like it's fake favorite. <laughs> my favorite. No, no, this my favorite. Alex, Alex has loved this from yeah. day one. Hey, pre day one, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit me with it. Hey, I'm not looking. It's a, it's a good one. I think I think you'll enjoy this one. All right. All right. So this month's crazy collectibles: a copy of Salamander for the MSX computer. What MSX? Yeah. So the MSX was a Microsoft computer standard, and multiple manufacturers made MSX machines. The MSX was mostly popular in Japan, and the copy of Salamander that I found for the MSX will run you between $250 and $300. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> when, you, when was this? What year was this, MSX? That started in the early 80s, I think. Yeah, early right? 80s. Wow. Mid, mid, early to mid 80s, yep. Yeah. Wow. Alex, would you pay that much for that game? <laughs> Can you me? I, I wouldn't even want to touch the computer. How, how frustrated <laughs> must you have been playing Salamander on that computer? You kidding me? Oh my God! Can you imagine how slow the ships would have been? How the, how you control? Well, it? Maybe it would have been easier. No, nah, you would you would have threw that MSX through the window at the end, but like halfway through round one. I, I saw YouTube clips of this. Actually, looks pretty cool. Um, really, and, uh, the soundtrack is great. I can't wait to get it on vinyl too. It's a, it's coming in the mail. We actually talked about the MSX. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, yeah. It was our uh, Castlevania episode, I think. The, huh. the, the, oh, no, I, oh, I shouldn't say anything about that because then Alex is going to say release the release demo. Release the demo. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, a, there's an early version of Castlevania on the MSX. It's like all takes place on one screen. doesn't scroll like the NES version. Um, and then the first Metal Gear game it came on the MSX too. So that very oh, first wow. Metal Gear game. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, like, Zach, you have to buy an MSX now, I think. Uh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Add <laughs> another to go one. Go there, Commodore 64. Yeah. All right, guys. Too. I just got a new one. Yeah. There you go. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, if you out there, uh, listener land, find a crazy collectible, you know, something related to Life Force or any other retro game, give us a shout at Retro Game Guys. If we like your crazy collectible enough, we'll share it on our next episode and uh, give you a shout out. Okay, now it's time for our monthly retro game giveaway. We've got an original copy of Life Force from the depths of JP's game vault, pulled, oh. extruded from some intestines, and delivered upon a. <laughs> Gross. Sorry. Don't give so, it back. Uh, <laughs> right? You're good with it. This month's winner is Brian the Retro Game Grow or Wise Guy at Wise Guys 23. So, Zach, why did we pick Brian? Well, Brian has been supportive of the podcast for some time. Uh, and he was also one of the first listeners to say that he was going to join our hashtag beat retro game guys score competition. Uh, Brian also uh, has given us a shout out on his own podcast called the blow my cartridge podcast. 
Uh, so we're happy to return the favor. Again, it's the Blow My Cartridge podcast. Uh, check it out. And congrats, Brian. You got yourself an original copy of Life Force in a case signed by the Retro Game Guy. Good job, Brian. All right, guys, let's uh, start wrapping up here and talk about the next games we'll be playing uh, in our next couple of episodes. So in two weeks, we'll release our next quick play episode. And this time we're going to be covering the Atari 2600 version of Asteroids. Another space shooter, guys. Yay! Yay. <laughs> now, this, though, is a space shooter that I love. Yeah, it is a it's cool a space one. shooter. Uh, I was going to say, at least you don't die in one hit, but uh, yeah. of course you do. But you well, do. But you do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool it's a cool example of early 2600 technology and what you can do so i'm looking forward to talking about that one for sure yep um and for our next main episode mainline episode zach what are we going to play yeah so we are for the first time going to be playing a game on the sega master system so i'm no, really- not for the first time for some of us though no i yeah, played it's a rage yes alex accidentally yeah. played the wrong version nothing of the wrong game. with it nothing <laughs> wrong with it that is totally version. uh i still haven't played that version alex. I, I gotta get on that but anyway yeah. uh second master system if you're not familiar is the the system that competed with the nes in the 8-bit era and we are going to be playing alex kid in miracle world mm, wow <laughs> I don't think you guys have ever played this game. <laughs> I'm going to go out and limb there. Mm, uh, nope. Is an Even if it's a Sega hashtag Genesis household. Nope. Yeah, no. You weren't wow. a hashtag system household. I, I, no. I um, so if you don't know Alex Kidd, it was, uh, he was the earliest uh, Sega mascot before a certain, you know, blue hedgehog replaced him. Uh, it was also Sega's attempt at going head to head with uh, Mario in the 8-bit era. Um, and it was uh, built into later uh, Master System consoles. So it was a, actually a built-in game. Mm. Uh, you can actually get it on the Switch for seven ninety nine, so you can play along with this also. So yeah, uh, and I, I think it's one of those uh, the, the arcade archives, right? It's one of those uh, actually, conversions. It's it's as cool as an arcade's archive, but it's actually called Sega Ages. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got G Force from them. I've got Outrun yeah. from them. They they do some fantastic conversions. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I would say this is a the best version to play this game. It's, I can't believe I'm saying that because I'm a Mr. Actual, you know, original hardware. But you get um, a version with continue feature. Um, you use a bunch of different visual modes on it. Um, but most notably, you can actually change the button combination because for some reason, I don't know who decided this, um, the button two, which is like the A button on the NES controller, is not jump. And it drives me <laughs> crazy on this game. Hmm. Because, hmm. You know, Mario, right? B is run, A is jump. And in this game, it's reversed. So you can actually flip it back on the, uh, the Sega Ages version, which is oh, okay. So, um, so guess what, guys? We're going back to platform land. Uh, I'm, wait. I'm shocked that I'm going to say I'm looking so forward to go back to going back to platform land. I've said many times on this podcast, can we stop playing <laughs> platformers? And then we finally do two episodes in a row that aren't platformers. And I just completely like stink up the place with both these games. So <laughs> welcome back to platform uh, land. A couple of, a couple of months, a couple of bad months there for you, buddy. Oh boy. This is, this is bad. Although the, I've recently come in second and I'm going to hold on to that. So, you know, there not, you not in these last two, but, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, let's wrap up here and talk about our two high score winners coming in, beating all of the retro game guys is uh, of course, once again, Zach, um, but he's only sort of the champion because we got a couple of, couple of people out there in social media land who, who kind of smoked him. 
including our big overall champion, uh, Mr. Blake Sorthum Collector. Such a great job. Top yep. five score in the world. Such a great job. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tip of the tip of the cap from some guy who didn't even do it. So <laughs> good job there. Can even get past um, round one. No, no, no. I mean, I did see round three with 60 lives yeah. <laughs> at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's all the time we have here for our Life Force episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and it makes you want to fly into an alien's stomach. Uh, for the retro <laughs> game guys, Zach, Alex, and JP, I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next time, friends. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.